All right, what's up, everybody? We see Baby here, aka Kenny, episode seven of the podcast. I don't even know of, of the Friends of Flavor podcast, and I brought on a guest with me. Uh, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Christian uh, Mobilian. Yeah, Glad to be here. Uh, excited about this. And, uh, <laughs> look, look forward to to talking with you guys today. All right, sweet. telling Christian earlier that the reason I have uh, the reason I brought him on here is because I'm like uh, connecting with more people that I feel like can help me grow and uh, I think you have a lot of knowledge not only because you're older than me but <laughs> it's the gray hair yeah. man you can't hey I got all this gray hair <laughs> on my chin so um, yes can't say too I can't say too much all right um, all right but uh, I've I know Christian from my wife's best, one of my wife's best friends, uh, he is her fiance. So uh, we mainly talk a lot about sports, but um, I, that's why I like I like to pick your brain about other things too, because I know you know your sports. <laughs> yeah, we could talk uh, all night about sports for sure. <laughs> but yes, uh, anything uh, so, you want to talk about, I'm yeah. going down. So when I when I start these things, I normally ask three three questions, and my first one is always. Um, Growing up, like, what did you want to be in life? Cool. Um, <laughs> shocking, I'm going to go down the sports path. Um, mm -hmm. uh, baseball. Oh, okay. Is my uh, grow up, my, my father, my little brother, my older brother, we played sports in our backyard at my parents' house, and uh, baseball was our go-to sport. We played them all, football, basketball, but baseball was always my go-to, and you know, as I got older, I kept getting deeper and deeper in leagues and thought that was going to be my... Did you play uh, any high school or collegiate? I did. I went to high school, uh, played all four years, um, started all four years, even freshman year. Um, I was little. That was my downfall, and it was right in the middle of the steroid ages in the 90s. <laughs> well, how tall are uh, you, though? Uh, I was 5'8", then 5'10", now I think I grew a little bit more. And then I walked on at a college and uh, never played. Where at? Uh, Alabama Southern. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Which is a coastal community now. I think that's what it's turned into. But it was a two-year school. The guy that was ahead of me with scholarship, saying he was freshman, I wasn't going to play for two years. I mean, I was a walk-on. So I knew that was it. I uh, sat on the bench for two games and then decided to go back and just, just do my schooling and and uh, I mean, you it. still you still play like uh, like intramural league. I did. Like I came uh, when I came to Mobile and uh, twenty years ago. I played every intramural I could here, uh, as well as in school flag football, softball. Um, so you stayed pretty active. I did. I did, and then tore my ankle up playing flag football. And that's when I hung it up. You see the <laughs> scar there. So 
But yeah, that was, man, I think sports always was a direction. Um, and I think I remember, though, if I was going to talk about anything besides sports, yeah. <laughs> I think in the 80s when I was a kid, astronaut, I think I told my parents I wanted to be an astronaut, <laughs> which, whoa, you yeah. talk about shooting for the stars. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's baseball, man. I thought I was going to play okay. forever. But, yeah, I mean, in a way, you're still, like, you're very athletic. To me, I, I think you're very athletic. Even even for your age, like, you stay pretty um, physically fit, and uh, you keep yourself pretty well-balanced as far as, like, nutrition. And yeah, stuff like I that, definitely so. don't uh, want my uh, latter stages in life to be uh, hampered by my health. So yeah. I've, I've already thought about the next stages, as if I do it right now, the you know the next stage in life can be a little easier on you yeah if you set it up right, right. so, cool. so um, the other question I had uh, asked everyone else too is like which I might know a little bit but uh, what do you do for fun <laughs> um, I am definitely an outdoorsman uh, I like to hunt fish um, beach clearly I'm a beach man yeah. you know I think we are so I know you do a lot of uh, a turkey hunting so. that is my passion right now I've kind of passed that in any other sport it's turkey hunting is uh, my go-to when it's time to hunt or get in the woods I, I look forward to that uh, March 15th opening day of the year it, it's funny because like I had I had this set up for you today and <laughs> driving down Nivius coming home there was a fucking pheasant no way. Yeah, just like walking in the street. And I was like, holy hell, that's crazy. And I was like, you just sit there like someone could just kill this guy. Just take it home. I don't know. It's amazing that there is game like that right here yeah. in the city. And I drive two hours north to my hunting land um, and sit in the woods. And most of the time I don't even kill anything. So, because <laughs> it's called hunting, not killing. And it's funny you bring up hunting too. Because like, uh, we, me and Roth talked about, because I think our neighbors down the street, they just like bought some land somewhere down this way where they're building like a new subdivision or something. I, I don't know, but they just bought this land. But this land was used by a lot of hunters. So to me, I was like, man, that that's like a great investment. You buy all this land, but these hunters come and they give you a certain amount of money to say, hey, if you leave it the way it is um, so I can hunt, I'll give you a certain amount of money every year or some shit like that. Like it's, they yeah, pretty much rent it out, right? It, exactly. We actually, on my family land that's been inherited from my grandfather to me and my um, older brother, we lease out the deer hunting rights to it during deer season. Um, we hunt it. We lease it out to some guys every year, and you know we have to pay taxes on land, so we usually don't have to pay anything because that lease money is what's tied into that, and then the guys. The part of the lease is they keep up the land, they you know they keep the roads clear, they keep the fence rows down, oh, okay. you know the fence all put up. I'll uh, say because I, I didn't know who, who took who had to upkeep the land and take well, care of all it. Well, it it can be part of the lease that you write up in there that the owner of the land will or mm -hmm. the leasees will, and these guys are willing to do it because I'm not there. My older brother has no desire to touch it, and my father is. Not, not able physically yeah. to go out and do any maintenance on it. So it's a great deal for us as a family. The land keeps kept up. We know somebody's out there that we trust. It's also, it's on a public road, unfortunately. So people can trespass and poach on it. Yeah. So the more times somebody's out there that we know, the more obvious that nobody's going to touch it without us knowing. And that's something like I, I kind of like dive into with Roth too, is different forms of income. Like, if you can invest in something like to me, like land and 
even rental property now is something I'm like, is especially big. I know a lot of people are getting rental property, but so many people yeah. are, are diving into the real estate game right now. And it's a great thing. It's the old country saying is buy all the land you can. They quit making it. Dude. Cause I, they don't, I hear so many people, yeah. like especially older, older folks. They're like, man, I could have bought this land and so-and-so back in the oh. day for like, pennies you know oh, man. and if, now it's if, it's if. <laughs> welling you know oh it's amazing to think back in the 70s what land cost say like in gulf shores yeah. what you could have gotten beachfront property in the 70s versus what it's worth four yeah. years later because i told i told rob like you know like my end game is like either to retire in destin or just you know start with a, a beach property out there you know and that's, that's like it, my end goal it, like, that can definitely happen <laughs> that's there's no stopping you and uh hey the real estate game's a great place to get right now yeah you buy property on property unless the 08 housing market crash happens again you're probably not going to have any issues there so. yeah <laughs> all right so my next question is um since we said that i know you from mona um how did you well, there's two questions. This: How sure. did you meet Rob? So my, because Rob said she met you, or she was, I think she said she met you before she, you know you and Mona actually got it, together. Exactly, so. um, uh, a mutual friend of Roth and I uh, obviously owns the nail shop that Roth yeah. worked at, and that was right when that friend opened that nail shop. So I was coming by quite a bit, a uh, single guy just coming and visiting, you know, supporting the business and. Uh, they obviously knew I was single and knew what type of girl I liked. And, uh, <laughs> Roth, which didn't really know me that well, just for me coming in there, said, hey, I have a friend moving back from North Carolina. Here's a picture of her. Yeah. Showed it to me, and I said, cool, let me meet her. And uh, we uh, Facebook friend requested her. I did. and Because then... so that was my other question, was how did you meet Mona? <laughs> it's the old uh, technology yeah. uh, win there. As I... What do the kids say? A slid in her DMs. <laughs> I did. I, I shot her yeah. a, a Facebook message. That's uh, funny though because I met Roth almost the same way. Was well back in the day before Facebook and stuff like that. It was there was MySpace, but there was also <laughs> MySpace. This, uh, I love it. This website called Asian Avenue. So ah, I went. I know so it was like everyone had their own kind of type of page, and they. But back in the day, it was harder. Facebook would set everything up for you, and MySpace would set everything up for right. you. Right. But this Asian Avenue page, like you actually had to do some coding. You had to stuff. create your page. Yeah. Oh, cool. I've and never so, even heard uh, of that. I went. I think I went across. It was either. No, it was uh, my best friend's wife's page. And I was like, oh, she's kind of cute. And then <laughs> turns out it wasn't her. It was Roth. But uh, she went by a different name. And that's how I, I met Roth was pretty much the same way you I did. I never knew that. I was yeah. wanting to actually ask you a question, too. <laughs> uh, hey, I feel never, free. You want to ask me? Dude, that's I fine. You probably don't get asked a lot of questions. But, yeah, yeah. I, I never knew how y'all met if it was a mutual friend. But I've never. I just learned something new. I never knew there was yeah. that. That's how it was. Site out there. And uh, me and Roth just like back in the day, we just like we they didn't have like those messengers and stuff. Right. Like we had AOL back in the right. day. I was gonna say, was it AOL yeah. Messenger? Did you have? No, we dialogue? just went straight through emails and okay. stuff like that. And uh, okay, cool. We eventually just ended up meeting and stuff. But uh, yeah, that, man, that that was it's, that's pretty. That's it's kind of the same way. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, so. Serious questions now. All right. Um, All right. So these, this is like something that I would want to ask you because I want to try to better myself in these certain questions or these, this aspect. Like, so 
in your field, I know you're a manager Correct. of um, a company or whatever. Um, so my first question for that was, did you always see yourself as a leader or is that something that you just kind of like you took up on because of you saw it as a way of advancing in the field that you're in? That's a good question. Um, I joined banking, um, which is the industry I'm in, uh, through a, a friend of mine dating a recruiter for banking, and they were in a hiring need, and it just so happens I was in a need for a, a, a career change, and it lined up perfect with my skill set of, uh, of being able to talk to people, getting to know people. And then once I learned the industry, it actually meshed very well to where I was helping people with an actual need in life uh, and my personality lined up with it. It took me a couple years to get my knowledge of what I was talking to customers about, but it was never a challenge for me to meet a stranger right. and talk to them. And, and that, that's one thing that I, I noticed about you when I first met you was you can... We can talk to anybody and you can almost make any uncomfortable situation more comfortable. And I didn't know if that was just the type of person you are or if that's just because the field that you're in, it, it, it made you become that way. It, it actually is a, 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 my upbringing. My father was very adamant that when I walked in a room, no matter, I mean, I remember being so shy, and but my father said, when you walk in this room, you're looking people in the eye. You're talking to people. You're not going to go sulk in the corner. You're not my child. Right. And so it taught me to walk into a room and, and shake hands and make eye contact and, and be able to talk to people even though I don't know them. Right. And, and I, the biggest thing in my life that's made me successful is my sense of humor. Uh, I, I think I'm funny. <laughs> you think you're funny. I, and I, it's fine. <laughs> I don't have to be funny to anybody. So, But my... my theory is is when I make somebody laugh they're gonna become comfortable and, talking to me and they, they say that a lot is um, humor humor is, breaks yes. a lot of the Correct. ice in a lot of places and that's that's awesome dude I don't I don't know if that's just like um, the old school mentality of your dad it is. or whatever it is like it's, even now like like I'm raising a 16 year old kid you know I, I don't force him to do anything he wants but I also sometimes want him to get out of his comfort zone but for that's say that, exactly like, what my dad did and it's, I, I'll even go one step generation back it's military my grandfather okay. was in the Air Force and that's how he raised my dad because gotcha. when my dad would go to these military things with my da my grandfather he couldn't go sit in the corner and not talk to people gotcha. there was important people that, that's my son you're gonna walk in you're gonna shake hands you're gonna look people in the eye you're gonna talk to people and it he passed that down generations and, and I am not raising any children, but if yeah. I become a father, that is exactly my intent is to raise my child to be able to walk in a room, grab a stranger's attention and, and make yourself memorable. No, that's awesome. Like, um, so for you to say that, I'll, I always have this, um, I'm not gonna say battle, but like this weird thing of, hey, I wanna raise my kid to be comfortable with the way he is, but also not settle for being, like you said, the shy type or something like that. Or yeah. like yesterday, I had him mow the front yard. Like he mowed the backyard before, but the front yard is on a hill. So it's a oh, lot yeah. more difficult. And you yeah. see my kid, like he's scrawny, yeah. you know? He's, he's, so he's, he's not, he's not the most physically fit guy. <laughs> and I saw him cut the grass and there was, there was a lot of streaks. He missed some areas, but I was like, you know what? Go back and do that. You missed this and this. 
and part of me feels bad as a father about you know it's it's hard but it's like at the end i had to talk with them i was like dude like it's tough but these are certain things i can teach you in life that will might you know make you a little bit better than the way you are now i can't teach you a lot of things but here are some of the things i can teach I mean, you King, i think what you just said there is the biggest thing is is and and this is going to probably tie into later talking is communication mm -hmm. uh, my father raised me pretty disciplined hard uh, I, I couldn't get in trouble if i did I, I got i got corporal punishment i got a spanking yeah it was the worst feeling in the world well it's like so like back then it was like it happened but now it's like it's taboo, right? It is taboo, and that's why yeah. I didn't even know how to say it. But I yeah, mean, back no. in the day, you used to get your exactly. I no, know, I get can it. Can I cuss? I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. I used to get my ass whipped. Yeah, it was the worst feeling in the world. But what would happen is my father would come and talk to me a few minutes later, explain why, mm -hmm. sit me on his knee, and it was the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And what that taught me was to remember the spanking was to remember what I did wrong. Mm -hmm. to it discourage me from doing what I did wrong. Right. Because it wasn't, I didn't know it was wrong or right. That's a parent's job to mm -hmm. teach you what's wrong or right. And that spanking is that that remembrance to say, I'm not going to do that again. And I I know I got a lot of spankings, but I don't think I got spankings <laughs> for the same thing twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I promise you I didn't. And so yeah. what, to tie and into your what... spankings were a different lesson. Correct. So to tie okay. into what you did after he cut the grass and you talked to him about it, he's going to remember that. Yeah. He's going to go down the line later in life and say, you know what? I remember the first time I cut that grass. It yeah. wasn't perfect, but my father then told me how to do it right. So he's going to go through life and learn things that, hey, I didn't do it perfect, yeah. but what did I learn from that? How yeah. do I go do it right the next time? And then, like, to me, that's, that's one thing I wanted to say with my kids, too, and, and like, this communication, like you said. And it's kind of like I'm in the balance of, like, like nowadays, everything, like you said, is so taboo. Like, you're not supposed to spank your kids this <laughs> exactly. and that. And people raise their kids differently. So, like, I'm in the balance of, one, like, quote-unquote, being a friend with your, right. your kid and being the parent. So, right. like, it's a balance of sometimes I'm, like, Am I too tough or am I not tough enough? And at this point, yeah. I, I can honestly tell you, like, sometimes I'm like, I'm not tough enough on yeah. my kids, you know? Yep. And I, I try to balance that. So and that's a, I, I love hearing that from, you know. And your, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there because every parent's different. Um, I mean, uh, me and my dad probably then become friends until later in life and I, I just say that because I don't think you know your father's your friend until you get older yeah. you just look at him as and I remember my realization in my 20s is you think your parents were always old yeah you can't, or they're just like being an asshole to thank you, you. Yeah. and they're not and I yeah. remember the realization when I moved out of the house and I started living my life and started seeing things as they were and then realizing my parents taught me what they saw yeah. and what they know the best of their ability to try to lead me in the right direction. It wasn't always right. They yeah. didn't always do the right thing. I know they didn't. But they kept me in a line. I'd squiggle sometimes. But yeah. the line kept me to get to where I'm at in life right yeah, now. I agree with you 100%. And right so now. what you're doing right now, there's going to be some squiggles. You're going to have some. I mean, it looks like the line's there on the screen. There's going to be squiggles in it. And when there is, it's okay. But look at that line at the end. You're going to yeah. get to a point in life to where you stayed on that path. And, you know, my parents kept me away from a lot of people that I didn't think it was right. I wanted to hang out with these people. I wanted to go do what they did. Not all of them turned out a bad seed. 
but there were some that I had no business hanging out with. The one reason I love hearing this from you, too, is like, you don't have any kids right now, right? Mm-mm. So it's like, it's just like crazy to hear that from you. And you're like, it's, it's, it's great advice to give to someone who's raising a kid right now. Like, and I, I like I, I said, appreciate you, that. I mean, much. you, I, I don't know if that's, um, when I have my own kid, if I can do exactly as I say I'm going to do, but I think we're all going to just do our best. And I think you're doing all you can do right now. I think you want to be their friend and you are their friend. They're just not going to realize that you're their friend until later in life. But you know that that's going to be your best friend your whole yeah. life. I mean, I talk to my dad every day on the phone. I call my parents every day when I get off of work. I, not just to check on them, but it's I talk to them. Yeah. I mean, they are literally just a friend. I mean, we talk about sports. We talk about life. We talk about what's going on. See, I, I try to do it with my mom, too, since my dad passed away, you know. Right. She doesn't really have too much, but it's, it's just a language barrier. Yeah. Like, it's not that I don't love my mom. She drives me crazy sometimes. But it's like, <laughs> that's normal. It's like I can that's... call my mom's like, hey, how are you doing? But sometimes that's just the extent. You know, uh, yeah. because yeah. the language barrier. I was like, yeah. she'll, she'll keep talking on. I was like, ah, uh, you know. Yeah, and that's a tough spot to be in, man. But at least you're doing your part. You're reaching out. You're you're communicating with them. Man, I'm asking you like about your work field. But it, it, it well, dives, we I got way it off dives into to parenthood. No, it's well, great. I got off I love of it. the conversation. This, but yeah, we can we can redirect anytime you want. No, to no, no. Question, I love it. So. I love it. But I think to answer the question, if we can even remember what the question was, is that what I knew I was going to be a manager? No. Okay. The management part came twofold. The company's direction was if you can d- lead customers to a financial success, you can go lead bankers to help customers lead to a financial success. Right. What they're doing is they're putting you one step on top of things. If you're able to do that with a customer, they want you to have five people doing what you're doing. I got you. And so that's what they did at back before we had a a little blimp in our company's direction. Well, part of me too is like, okay, so like you're you're really good at talking to people, so you, it, that kind of makes you like a people person. It does. So that to me, that's one one trait that a good leader has to have. It's like you have to be a people person, and you have to have some some form of empathy and understanding. Yep, that's a big. That's a big foundational yeah. leadership uh, need is it's empathy for people because although we have a, a, a purpose at our job, we're still people. Exactly. We're not a robot. Exactly. And anytime you look at somebody, we have bullet points. We call them bullet points. This is what you have to do. You have to do this. And it's a sentence that tells you what you have to do. Well, yeah. we're not all going to do it the same. Exactly. And the empathy comes in from us all being a different person and doing things differently, learning things differently, uh, um, interpreting things differently and when you interpret something differently that means you're going to go do something a little differently and and all my job is is to kind of back to parenting is yeah. to get the wiggles down to as close to a straight line right. as you can and when those wiggles get too far out that's what a manager does is they bring them back in yeah and then and we call them touch points and that's the biggest learn, learn learning that i've had over the last 10 years in my role is it's the more touch points i have the more communications that i have with my team member it's the better they're going to be. Yep. There's going to be bad days. We're going to have some bad conversations. Exactly. Well, that that's not even just in a work field. In any relationship, that's right. to that's, me, that's exactly communication is like that's the number one key. 100%. We, it's, it's funny you say that. I I talk about it all the time. I, I, I always bring up, with especially new team members, 
tell me how you met your significant other. It's kind of like a question you asked me. Yeah. Well, I met them in this, and we talked, and we went on this date, and then we went on this date, and we went on this date. So the first time you met them, y'all didn't say you love each other. Y'all didn't immediately know you were together forever, right? No, no. What yeah. got you there? Communication. They never really say the word communication. Well, we went on another date. We talked yeah. on the phone. We that's messaged a lot. That's communicating. Exactly. And so that's what I try to get them to realize in banking. That's all we're trying to do. The more times you touch a customer, the more times they're going to come to you for the need. Because right. you're, you're a consumer just like me. You you're supplying me. something to them. Well, so, you're giving them that... Where do I go to? Because you're going to sit with your wife one night and we're going to be like, okay, what do I, I need help financially. You might not say it in those words, yeah. but like, who do I ask? Oh, who's that banker that I talk? Well, to me, it's Christian. like, so yeah. to me, it's not even just banking. It's, so it's, you're right. it's just like any, any job field that you work, you're always going to have a consumer, someone that needs the line of service that you deal in. So that, that's where it ties into play, whether it's banking or something else. Like, you know? No, you're right. You tie it into every industry that there's out there. The way they continue to be successful is communication. Exactly. And, and think about communication from a, a larger stance of uh, advertising is communicating. Yep. That's why there's a Coca-Cola. We talk about Coca-Cola all the time. Everybody in every country, third world, knows Coca-Cola, right? But there's a commercial every night on TV. Yep. Why? Right. Continually. Mm-hmm. You continue to communicate to your consumers they're going to come back to you. Same, same thing there. So yeah, that, that, it, it definitely ties in together with the relationship building. All right. But, dude, I'm having like great conversations than I thought I would, to be <laughs> good, honest. Good, I mean, man. I enjoy no, this. Uh, I'm enjoying this. I mean to insult you or anything, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm actually having great conversations than I thought I would. Oh, good. Um, good, man. So the next question was, so recently, I've been told this by Roth and... I've heard it from other people is that I'm not me personally I'm not great with dealing with criticism so um, how do you handle people who don't handle criticism well even if it's constructive yeah it's a it's a human nature to become defensive in any criticism that exposes something that you might not be doing right. I am, I have a boss. I spoke to him for an hour and a half yesterday. It was, it was a lot of, cause I came off vacation. I had a week off and you know, when a week off, you know, there's some things that get behind and, and things that have to be addressed. And I got a good hour and a half of, you know, you need to do this better or, or step up here or you got this review or report and, you're not doing so good here, you know, what, what can you do to bring it back in? The immediate response in human nature most of the time is to become defensive, mm-hmm. is to and not say give an excuse, because there might be a true excuse behind it, but the excuse usually becomes the, the reason, which it's really not. And this is where I have to, as a person who gets managed and a person who manage, is I have to get down to the true root of why something didn't get done before we can actually be uh, t- until we can actually fix it mm-hmm. that I, I don't know if I talked in circles there or if I lost no, no, you no, on no, that no, no. because if, when I go to a team member and I say hey look I just looked at this and I see it wasn't done mm-hmm. the first thing they're going to say is why it didn't get done right. 
And instead of me immediately saying, well, go do it, which is usually a response yeah. from a leader is to, well, just go do it. Go get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Go don't do this again, right? Then that becomes venom, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're just spitting it's kind on of um, not necessarily demanding, but like bossy. It is. And some people it don't is. receive that well. It is, and so I have been working on, and I'm not perfect at it, but to continue to ask questions there because you, you hit it, that. It, right if, there, man. if you ask somebody why it didn't get done, and then they tell you why it didn't get done. And if you just immediately just go tell them to do it again, the likelihood of them going to do it isn't going to be as good. Because there's a reason they didn't do it in the first place. Right. Why? Okay. And so we ask fact-finding questions, open-ended questions. tell Tell me more about what got in your way or what got in your way of completing this task. We call them knots. Did you not know? Were you not trained? Did you not understand? Um, do you not believe in what you do? We call them knots, and we actually have training around K N O T S, but it's actually a you know an N O T. Yeah, yeah. The play it's on words. The, the play on pretty, words. Pretty clever. Yeah. Somebody in marketing getting paid six figures to hey. come up with that. I know. Yeah. I wish I was there. But when you untie the knot, you can get down to the true reason why something didn't get done. That's... And what you uncover is once that knot is released from the person who wasn't doing it, they feel better. You now have understanding. Usually the knot is they didn't know how. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes they don't believe in it. Right. And if it's one of those two, it's easier to do. Well, especially if you didn't know how. So well, here's another question. Sure. So in that is like, what do you do when the knot is motivation? It's <laughs> we don't skip right to it, but it's usually a job fit. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a harsh way to say it. But you might not be in the right industry. You know, you might not, this might not be the job for you. Right. And my job, <laughs> the outcome is hard to define because there's never really an end point. I guess every industry, there's not really an end point. But ours is that continual, you did something good for a customer today. Well, you still got to build that relationship tomorrow. Right. So you got to touch point with them. You still got to bring in more. Exactly. More. It never ends. Yeah. Your industry you're in, it's the same thing, right? I mean, you. Well, any, anything that is uh, production based. It's always going to have never an end point. Yeah. There's never that fine line. And, and our company, just like most companies, they do not promote. Um, um, my brain just left me. Um, not mediocrity. Um, I, I, Settling, I maybe? No, it's it's uh, complacency. Okay. They don't let you get complacent in your job, which is a good. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. you yeah, don't ever want to just be told, "Hey, hey, man, you're good. You did everything you need yeah. to do. Put your feet up, relax. You're good." No, they're gonna always continue to say, "If you can do this, you can, you can do, do this. this. You can do this. You can do." Which this. is good because they're <laughs> they're promoting advancement. It is, and it, and that's the true thing is that if if it is a motivational thing, then obviously you don't want to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Which obviously is then tied into a job fit question. Like, is this really what you want to do for a career? Yeah. And I have people in my industry that come and go because we do have part time, and they understand this is there for them to get through college. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to expect them to be 100% sold on it. They need to be, but if they're not, 
their fallback is they have an education that they might not be into the finance world. They might be going to do something different. They're just here to get school paid for. They're working 20 hours a week. Okay, just, you know, hey, you still got to do these things, but I understand. But I've got people who've worked there for eight years. Yeah. This is their career. Exactly. Those are, not, there's not a motivation problem. This is what they're going to do until they retire. Yep. The problem is, is either they didn't know, know how to do it, they didn't know they were supposed to do it, which is a big thing too. That ties back into leadership. Mm-hmm. Did you even let them know they were supposed to do it? Sometimes we get in the mindset that they knew they were supposed to do something. And that'll tie back into the first question is, is continual touch points. The more times I meet either one-on-one or in a huddle with my team, the more opportunity things get done. The communication string never breaks. And that's been one of my keys to having 10 years as a leader in a company is to do that, is to continue to touch point. And if I do lose that, and if I think back to like, God, I feel like we're struggling. My boss is on me. What, what's the, what's getting in the way? And I know what it is. I either hadn't met with some people enough. There's been some communication gaps. Things falling through the crack, and it's on me. Mm-hmm. And that's a leader that I don't blame anybody but me when something doesn't get done. Yeah, no, that that that's a sign of a good leader, though. Yeah, because I already know. I mean, the reason it didn't get done is because of me. Yeah. yeah, they might have known they were supposed to do it. But did I go touch point with them? Hey, you know this is due tomorrow. Why didn't you do it? Yeah. You know, okay, then let's find out the night. So that's that's kind of really been my importance. So. All right. So diving back in, um, back to that same question was okay. If if you deal with someone who doesn't handle criticism well, like what's your advice for them? So like, I, what's your advice yeah, for me? Sure. Um, I think it's it's a it's a slippery slope for sure. It can go left really fast. What I think is important is you have to know that person. You have to know that person's... Every person reacts differently to things. So I, mm-hmm. I work with all females. Okay. But all females are not the same. We, we, can, we can probably lay out a few things that they're all the same in, but they are not all gonna react the same. So what we have to do when we first hire somebody and get to know them is we ask them some questions around coaching. How do you like to be coached? Some people like verbal, some people want electronic, some people don't like public coaching, Mm -hmm. some people do like public coaching. And so what we have to do is find out which arena they are more comfortable in being approached with things. Obviously, sometimes you can't control things. Like in the heat of the moment, we call it on the spot. Like if somebody's doing something wrong, you have to call them out right there, right? Right. And so if that person doesn't like that, then and you do that, you're gonna you're gonna butt heads. There's gonna be some emotions involved with it. What you have to do though is to take the emotion out of it and think about this is this is the job you do. You might not think you did something wrong, but did you or did you not? do this or do this right. right. For example, the easiest thing we coach on or, or, or address are, are tardies and absences, right? Mm-hmm. It's very cut and dry. It's very easy to fix. Were you late? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. What's the policy? It's right here. It's written. Mm-hmm. You can only be late so many times. Once you get to this point, we start you down a paper process, write you up. It's, it's written in exactly. stone. And so that's what you have to try to get down to is if it's written in stone and you didn't do it, you have zero 
reasons to be defensive. What you have to do is then have that person go look in the mirror. And I've told people this. I'm like, you have to go and talk to yourself and say, did I do this wrong or right? Now, if it's not one of those things, then clearly, if it's some gray area, then yeah, we're going to have to work it out. We're going to have to talk it out. Like, they felt like they weren't wrong. I felt like I was right. We're going to have to work it out if there's not something. It's it's funny, like, going back to, um, like, well, one, how you deal with people with criticism and uh, my boss now, I'm actually learning this lesson from him is to respond with a question, right? So yeah. Like, yeah. I've, I've dealt with difficult situations with other departments where I'm like, I'll ask them, hey, so why did you do this? And why did this didn't happen until a certain time? Or I'll just ask these questions to make them ask themselves these questions. Self-realization. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you make them so it's, it's almost like, um, like you said, taking a look in a mirror. Right. Yeah. So if as a manager, you ask these people who are, quote unquote, making these mistakes, they may not be making mistakes. I don't know. But you ask them these questions to make them self-reflect on themselves, whether or not they notice this or not. But they are. They're self-reflecting on themselves. And that's like the biggest thing that I'm doing now. Like even with me being known as like not taking criticism well, even now, like I'll go into certain situations, like even when I have an argument or something with Roth or something with the restaurant or something like that, like yeah, I'll stop and I'll just be like, hold on, well, let me think about something before I respond. Or even if I do respond irrationally, I'll go back the next night or you know a couple hours later and be like, well, fuck, like was that the right move? Like did I? say or do something wrong or like i'll question myself yeah but the big difference to me there is i can do that like i know i'm at a point where i can question myself and i can ask myself these questions and self-reflect on myself but these some some people can't and so you i don't know you have to be the better man yeah Dude, that's a that's a tough spot. I feel you on both sides of that because what you start questioning in your head is as you question, did I go too far? Did I cross the line? Then you start second guessing that am I even supposed to address this? Am I supposed to? Dude, it's a mental it's a mental brain thing that it is a tough place to be. Yeah. Because trust me, I take my job home at night and I think back like, did I go too far with that question? Did I overstep my bounds by? addressing that that I handled it the right way or the wrong way and you know obviously if I didn't handle it the right way I work for a corporation that they're going to go to somebody in the human resources department and tell yeah. that I didn't handle it the right way so I clearly have to watch my words and then so that's one thing um if I hang out with you enough <laughs> um so we'll both question ourselves and it's like so I, from talking to you i feel like you want to better yourself i want to better myself oh, yes sir so yes, sir. But, uh, if you hang out with me long enough i, I think i can get you to uh leave work at work yeah <laughs> so I, that, hey, that's the, one of the, the biggest lessons i've learned in life was to leave work at work and i, I i'm i tell me because <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm my mama sees me bring it home and, yeah and i'm Hey, that's that's another episode. Okay, man. cool. I'll come back for uh, that episode. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So my other, my last serious question was, uh, how do you how do you get people who may not like get along, or there may be like you can see some kind of drama or beef? Like, how do you get those people to work together? <laughs> it's awesome. Um, I, we've had that numerous times. So it's. Back. No, well, in the field, I'm sure you have, like you said, you have college kids. Like you, you have a lot of people coming in and out. Correct. It's a lot of interchanging people. You're having to work by side somebody you've never met before. Nine out of ten arguments or, or disagreements, female to female. I'm just telling you. It's a woman-dominant industry I'm in. There's 17 members in my branch, and six of them are female. So, gotcha. actually, it's funny you bring that up. I've had that. Um, exact situation recently, so. and that and that and with it being you know twenty twenty one, everything's so like politically correct. And that's not saying that men can't you know they like, have I've yeah had, men can't I've be had, men can be catty too. They can, but it is very um, popular for the females to 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 bark at each other a lot more than the males will, because males will come to each other and and be like, man. What's that, that, that wasn't cool, man. Yeah. Like, why, why did you do that? And then we, we could talk it out. I mean, I've had it with the male employee before. Like, we've had to go one-on-one and not bring my boss in because we're adults and we worked it out. I mean, yeah. he thought I was picking on him. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to yeah. improve you because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing things that you can do better. So with the female thing, it is back to the communication thing. What we have to understand is that between the hours of the times you were paid to be here, I care less if you like each other. What happens, and I tell this story all the time, when you walk out of your car and there's a line, just like that, when you walk past that line, you're your own branch property. If that person's car is on fire and you don't want to help them, I could care less. <laughs> I seriously tell them yeah, that. And they yeah. laugh, but it's true. Yeah. I could care less what y'all do outside of these walls. If you don't like that person outside of here, that is two thumbs up to you. But when you walk in here and I let you in and I say good morning, y'all are going to be best friends at work and I'm not saying best friends like you have to get to know each other but when it's work related y'all are going to communicate you're going to work well together and the customer is not going to know that y'all don't like each other exactly and so when I set that expectation they have no choice but to go do that and then if they don't we have to bring them aside get them off the line I've had that happen before we've had some some words exchanged during business hours with customers present, and it's embarrassing, but hey, it's life. It, it happens. It's, it, it's Those people are no longer even working there anymore, so it's no big yeah. deal. So it is truly back to communication touch point. Exactly. And setting the expectation. Mm -hmm. That is one of the biggest things that I, I don't think I've said yet is if you don't set an expectation, they're not going to know what they're supposed to do. Right. The company might give you bullet points, but it, you've got you've to tell them every day what they have to do. It reminds me of... Uh, I mean, it's kind of different, but the I don't know if you saw any of Dave Chappelle's stand up. Uh, yeah, I have. Like the old ones. Yeah. Like uh, it was killing me softly, and he was talking about him driving in the car with one of his uh, his white buddies or whatever, and he gets pulled over by a cop, <laughs> and he's like, his his friend is white, so he's like, he told the cop, "I'm sorry, I didn't know I can get away with that." <laughs> but he did know he could get away exactly. with that, and it's like if you don't set that. That rule, expectation, or bar there, then they, they don't know, you know? Man, it is, um, it, I, I've seen a lot of crazy things working with uh, different people, different walks of life. That's the cool part about it, is everybody's different. Until you get to know them and how they are, you can't expect anything from them right. except the way they are. 
But once you get to know them, then you're going to have expectations. And then when you see this person and this person and they're side by side, you already know they're going to be some conflict. Mm-hmm. You got a type A personality and a type B. You got a passive and an aggressive. You got a dominant, a, a, an alpha, exactly. and a, you know whatever it is that you want to say. And it, it could even be a Sagittarius and a Gemini. They might not get along. I don't know. I don't follow <laughs> yeah. the stars and stuff like that. But if that's truly what butts head, it's going to happen because you're around that family. And think about your family. You've had arguments with family members. It's because you're around them. It's the same thing at work. You're around. That's your family at work. Yeah. There's going to be days where you're going to have some bad days. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you push through it, communicate through it, and move on. Because it is business. Okay. And as long as it's business, then we're going to have some days where it's not good, and then you work through it, and then it, you know we, we move on. Uh, but when it becomes personal, and you start bringing personal things into it, it is kind of hard to separate. Yeah. And that's that fine line of if you do walk out past that line in our parking lot, and you, know, you choose to go be friends with that person, then that can affect the inside because then you start coming to know them on a personal level yeah. and then might be something in their personal life you don't like then you start judging them then it's a, a it cycles out of control and it's really no way to stop it so all right so enough serious talk <laughs> we can go into uh your your big talk sports um <laughs> and that's that's actually how i connected well with you too is sports. oh yeah man um, we uh, hit it off from day one Except you're a Jacksonville fan. Yeah, no sure. one, no I'm one likes sure that. About that. Um, <laughs> all right. So my next question isn't even like football related. Okay. Um, but it is sports. All right. So I'm sure you've seen all the boxing stuff. Floyd. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and boxing. So yeah. my question to you is, do you think Logan and Jake Paul is good for sports? <laughs> No. Mm-hmm. I believe that they are capitalizing on the... It's money. It, it, and, it, and that's why I hesitated when I answered no. Because it's not pure. Floyd Mayweather has probably been boxing since he could put on gloves. Yeah. He was trained professionally. He's, uh, and it's a lifestyle. That's what he's done. Unfortunately, he did get to the money side of it, and that's what he's focusing on more now than the actual his, art. His interview on ESPN was, I think it was ESPN, but I saw it on, on social media. But he had the one of the greatest things that he said was, hey, there was like, I'm, I'm the greatest um, thief or whatever in sports entertainment because Dude, he, he's a boxer. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I know for a fact that I'm not going to lose this fight. Exactly. And two... I'm making shitloads of money. He doesn't care now. Yeah, and that's where I—that's why I say no. I don't think it's been good for boxing. It's good for entertainment. Exactly. We are strived after COVID, the pandemic, for entertainment. We've been right. needing entertainment. I think it was perfect timing. It's great marketing. It was all lined up perfect to where now you can have fans and people are wanting to do things and get out and watch things. So yeah, I think it all lined up perfect to where they capitalized on the situation. But for the actual sport of boxing, I don't think it's good for it at all. I, I agree. Okay. So like for, for the sport, bad. But for entertainment wise, it's it's fine. I'll, it I'll take it as yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. I didn't pay for it. I went. Yeah, exactly. Went and, for and, it. I, and to I me, that that's where I I kind of like not really get mad about, or I kind of draw the line is like so. Um, they want to sell it as oh shit, this is a legit fight, and it. 
and to to me, it's the consumer's fault in buying that, right? Correct. So to me, it puts it in the same table as uh, WWE. Oh uh, yeah. But you know is. what? WWE at least um, lets you know, hey, this is entertainment. It is like exactly you already know the outcome called. and this and that. But with this, it's like, uh, hey. We don't know what the outcome's gonna be. Oh, Jake Paul has a chance. No, no, he fucking doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. I mean, he doesn't. It's, it's, it's literally world class versus entertainer. Exactly. And I promise you that in in a real boxing match, zero chance. Exactly. Even zero even or to me, even if they're different weight classes, doesn't like, matter. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like I, he may have the 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 height or the bigger, matter. but you like the some discipline. some of the clips of just Floyd just. Like so, he knows he doesn't have the range, right? So, right. So, what's he do? He gets closer. He gets inside, closer. Exactly. Inside. Look, it's the discipline of boxing. Is is apparently I've never done it. I punched the punching bag for three minutes and almost died. <laughs> so I have a ton of respect for boxing. Yeah. And to know the discipline of doing it and the shape you have to be in to do it, and that's why I, I say no again to my answer is because there are people who are right now in a gym, punching a bag. Hoping, trying to make a career. Trying to make it. Probably having to go home to nothing, eat ramen noodles. Yeah, eat ramen noodles and drink water Thank for you. so because many months. They are trying their best to get to that level, and then this is the, this is what we have getting millions of dollars bought in when this guy is actually over here trying to be that fighter. Right. So I, I, I blame it on media. I blame yeah. it all on the media, yeah. saying that we are strive to get entertainment and we promoted it as a. Real fight, it's not with entertainment purposes, and, and that's what I hate about um, that part of it. Is there's legitimate people actually trying to make boxing or something into their career, and you have some YouTube hack over here making millions and millions of dollars. I but the, I, I can't say the the uh, was it silver lining to it is to me is look at it this way is. You can take someone like a YouTube star or anybody. When when would you ever think that you would see a YouTube person or a social media personnel be in a ring with an all-time great That's boxer? Good point. Right? Good point. Like yeah. to me, I mean, that in itself is an it, incredible feat for that person I, I, or for it gives a chance to anybody, a Joe Schmo exactly. or say like if my son for some reason becomes a YouTube star, I'm like, oh, I can make millions of dollars and try to get into a ring with so and so, but is it great for the sport? No, it's fucking terrible for, for the sport. sport right? And I would never invest in that. But I see where you're going. Yeah. I mean, I think it opens up uh, opportunity for people who might think they might have no chance in doing something uh, and, and down that that path, that YouTube path, that social media star. There are outcomes that can be lucrative. So yeah, I think it does open up. The door for things uh, in that, but it, it, for the boxing world, I think it's a it's a black eye for them. Yeah, <laughs> literally, because it, it makes it it kind of just makes it less legitimate. You know, thank almost. you. And I, I know boxing has definitely lost its steam since the UFC, the yeah. uh, the UFC to push, and, and boxing is not what it used to be. And because boxing got a little too far, there were so many championships, there were so many. Uh, 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 levels. Bo- boxing, boxing is great lost. in its own, but I think in the 
the fight genre itself, it yeah. kind of has evolved. So like MMA is the more like kind of like back in the day, like Spartan Warriors, yeah, and it, 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 gladiators and shit like that. This is that's what it is. It's like a new age. It it thing just like man, that. It, it, it obviously UFC marketed it perfectly. Uh, Dana White knew what he was doing. It capitalized on boxing during a dead era. And dude, they literally launched it, and it went to the moon. Um, yeah, and to the moon, to the moon. So it was. Uh, uh, it, it is, man. But that, that UFC thing is is amazing. All right. So my next question, um, sports wise, since you are you are a Saints fan, right? I am a Saints fan. Yes. So what do you think the future of the Saints is? Um, like I have another um, co-host, or I think it's co-host, a close friend. Or, her wife is a uh, Saints fan too. I'm like, so what do you do now? Like, do you, <laughs> like obviously y'all didn't draft a quarterback, oh, yeah, no, so you're depending on Winston and Taysom Hill <laughs> this season for some <laughs> god awful reason. I say we trade Michael Thomas for Deshaun Watson. Really? <laughs> I just say we get Deshaun Watson. Well, so <laughs> do you? believe all the speculation towards Deshaun Watson or like or is it just you, you think it's all top chasing or just... I think it's a um, combination okay. I would say if you set Deshaun Watson down separately off microphone he, he probably had a relationship with every one of these women everyone uh, trust me I, I okay. would assume there would be some type of touch point with each female a man is a man. A, a, a man is a man, and a female after a high-priced person is a female. So I don't have this exact answer, but I would say that there would be some touch point, and not physically maybe, but they obviously knew each other and, and were around each other, and either the attempt happened, and it did, or the attempt hap- didn't happen, and it failed, and therefore some feelings got hurt either either way. And then therefore some venom came out of it at the end. I'm not I'm not gonna say that um what he did may have been right, but to me, like as a guy, you kinda know your boundaries, right? Like if you feel if you have the intuition like, yeah, she would go that distance with me, then you know. Like you as are, a guy you automatically you have, not automatically, you you just kinda like you're like you can get that hint like yeah, she would go there. But, I mean, if you're a decent guy, you're like, yeah, if she, you, you know your boundaries, right? Like, 100%. And you I, know I don't, when you I don't, have a chance. I don't, to me, I, I've never seen Deshaun Watson as that guy to to break those boundaries or force himself I on someone. He wouldn't have to. Exactly. One, Think he wouldn't it. have to. And, Think about it. And look at the way he uh, treats his mom. I, his mom's said a, the same his, thing bl- too. his mom is a blind woman. And he fucking treats her like gold. And when I say touch points, I didn't mean Deshaun Watson was physically touching the person. I mean <laughs> touch point as they were around each other. Yeah. And we, Deshaun Watson's a good looking dude. Yeah. He's a, a, a millionaire. He wouldn't have to force himself at all. He's a decent looking dude. Right. He's got the money. Right. Like and, why? And why? But see, there. why was the woman around him if there was no... What was the purpose of being around him if there was no attraction? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so I don't know the whole story. So I think there's going to be a suspension. I'm assuming there's going to be a suspension. I, I've heard he doesn't want to be in Texas with the Texans anymore. Uh, I mean, he's not getting anyways. 
Texans a losing franchise. Oh, and that's not just coming because have, I'm a Jags fan. They have uh, when Bill yeah, O'Brien was over there, he he's pretty much scared by like JJ Watt's gone. They've gotten um, rid of Hopkins everybody. Hopkins is gone. Watson of, yeah, hates it. They know? don't like it. I mean, you could name a Texan right now. So I hope there's nothing bad out of it. I hope there is no uh, actual physical rape that happened. And if yeah, it comes out, then it's really going to affect my. You know, it, I, yeah. I hate it. I hate he would have to do that. I just can't imagine he'd have to do well, that. But you try to give people a benefit. I, and I am, and I'm feeling like the, the females are out for money. I'm just saying. You're out for money. That's why you're you're everybody out all at once came out. I well, mean, there's so many um, stories of people just like trying to get with these sports players to, one, like trap them. They so know. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They 100% know what they're doing. So I would love him as the athlete to be in a Saints uniform. I think he would look cool as could be in the black and gold. 100%. I would love for him to be handing the ball off to Kamara every time. Yeah, dude, that would be a great Oh, thing. man. And, and, and uh, the, the future's still bright because of the defense with the Saints. And we know defense wins championships. And the defense. Well, I mean, that division's. Well, that division's pretty rough because Brady's in Tampa, right? Don't get me started with Brady. But Atlanta's kind of rebuilding. They are. Um, Carolina's out. Carolina's out. Dude, out. that's shocking. That's so another much. story. And then Carolina's rebuilding, too. I mean, yeah, I like Carolina's. Coaching staff, I, I like the young coach, um, Matt Rule, there. That the, He's a college guy. But they don't have coach. anybody except McCaffrey for That's real. what I mean. And, you know, McCaffrey has been literally ran into the ground in the last three years. <laughs> I, uh, but I would, I, would, I would be shocked and not shocked at the same time if Sam Darnold goes in there and just fucking turns <laughs> it down. Because Je- Jess was a shit franchise, right? Like... And so, like, I saw, like, when I first saw Sam Darnold play a little bit, I'm like, okay, I see some spark in that kid. And so maybe if he was just in a different organization, maybe. Let's hope so. I mean, I tied into the Mitch Trubisky draft pick by the Bears. Uh-huh. I watched him play at North Carolina a few games. He's, he was a scrambler to me. Like, he was, to me, he was like I, I just Tebow-ish. He was, but I just didn't see that. As that's the guy we need to trade up and draft, which the Bears did. Yeah. And then I saw a few games of Darno in uh, USC, right? He was USC Trojan. He threw a ton of interceptions. And mm-hmm. obviously, I know how hard it is to throw a ball to a receiver with a defender right on you. If you can't do it in college, you're not going to do it very well in the pros. And I, I mean, it, he, he went to a shit tra- a franchise. I mean, yeah. the Jets have been Jets garbage. Had- no real running backs like Le'Veon Bell got hurt all the time. They didn't really have a, a to me a stud wide receiver. They didn't. No, they mm-hmm. haven't had a great defense. I mean, exactly. They 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 really have had nothing to build around him. And then, <laughs> as they did last year, the worst win in franchise history when they won their game uh, to have the Jags have one win. So therefore, yep. they got Trevor Lawrence. So I just. I don't understand what you were doing last year. Like, you yeah. literally could have had Trevor Lawrence when all you had to do was lose. Yeah. And I felt like the Jags knew that, and they just, that's what they committed to. Which is still amazing, 1-0 and to Owen. Because, no, they had plenty. I'm, I'm, <laughs> as a Jags fan, I was like, there's plenty of games you could have won if you would have stuck um, Minshew in Yeah, there. but For they, some reason, they went to a second, third string quarterback, whatever. I think they knew. I think, I think they, they know. And, and obviously with Urban Meyer, 
um, which is a question I have for you when you want to answer it. How do no, you go feel ahead. about Urban Meyer? Uh, so I get made coach? fun of by my other friends, <laughs> which are uh, you know Alabama fans, pro SEC. They're like, how how could you? How do you even like this? Like this this guy? I'm like, hey, I don't <laughs> like Urban Meyer. You know, I don't like the things he did as far as, hey, I'm taking time off to spend time with my family or, and then, and then like, hey, I've had these health issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that aspect of, and you know, he going, he going to win me a Super Bowl. I'll take him in for one win or one year. You know, I don't care. Like he, he's, as long as he does the job, that's fine. Whatever. But I'm not going to say that I love that him as a person, as a coach. He might be a great coach. You know? might, it might, like you said, he could have you the, the Super Bowl title there. Yeah. Hey, everybody looks good in the uniform you want them to be in. Exactly. And I say that all the time. I've hated a lot of players, and then when they trade uniforms, I'm like, okay. Because yeah. the person. And to me, like, <laughs> even talking to you, like, I know you're a Saints fan, one, because it's probably the closest it is. to Mobile. But it is. But um, talking to you, like, I always feel like you've been a um, more of a fan of the athlete than oh, yeah. a um, fan of the team itself, minus the Braves. <laughs> You're diehard Braves. I am, but it, it ties to the athlete. You know, I grew up when Chipper Jones was drafted, and that's yeah, I, when I was playing. Growing up, I remember seeing him. And, I, and that's when I was playing baseball, and that's kind of my mentor, and like that's what I wanted to be like. So Chipper was the main reason the Braves, but then I, you know, I hung on to them, and Freddie Freeman's there now, and I love them. But, you know, fantasy, you know, we, we, we talk a ton of fantasy football, and fantasy football really helps you grasp onto the player rather than more team. than the team. Exactly. And so, yeah, depending on who you draft in your fantasy draft will make you a fan. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, the cool part about fantasy is if you can, you draft the player you want. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the player that you're supposed to draft. Exactly. Because you might truly know there's a better player on the board, but if you want to watch this player all year because he's on your team, yeah. that's what makes fantasy fun. Yeah. And I that, that's one thing like the Jags kill me, right? So <laughs> every, every fantasy football year, I will draft at least one. I will find you will one, one player Jag. that I'm like, okay, I'm taking this guy. And, then, and um. I mean, last year was like the kicker. I was like, fuck it. You got him. Yeah. And that's what's so much fun about it is because you also get to to, to follow him as the player, but you get to watch the team you want to watch. And then there's investment both sides of it. Yeah. And I'll tie it into gambling. I, I want to gamble on every sports game there is. But, hey, I still need to go to the casino. But financially, that's not the best decision. Exactly. As you know, I'm in the bank. You go with your heart. And yeah. you bet with your heart. And uh, that's not always the best thing to do. And so instead of gambling on every game and being coming financially bound to a bed and then you could obviously affect your whole financial outcome, do fantasy. It's it's it might be some money at the beginning or at the end, but it's not always tied up in yeah. it. So you kinda have a, a feeling and if you know that gambling feeling it's it's with, something. With to gambling hold on to. to me is I was like even when we go to the, the casino and stuff like that, like the wife and I will go in like, okay, We'll go with a hundred bucks, knowing that we will lose that. <laughs> already, if, if, already lost. Yep, it's we've already, already lost. It's, it's gone. Like even before we set foot in the door, that hundred dollars <laughs> is gone. Already out. And so that's what we go with the mentality, and that's how I go with like putting a future bet in the NFL. Like it's, it's gone automatically. Lost. Like I'm, I'm good. Like every year I'll try to pick a Jags bet. So like this year I'm like, I'm gonna go. Before the season starts, and I'll pick. We're going. You and yeah. me, we're going to Biloxi. We're, uh, we're going, and I'm like, hey, 
Jags win the AFC South at least. At least. But have you looked so. at the odds? Have no, I haven't. But They're I'm actually like, probably not that bad now. Yeah, that they exactly. have Lawrence and, and Urban Meyer, and I don't know how Tim Tebow is really helping. <laughs> Did I just say Tim Tebow? I'm sorry. We got God on our side, okay? <laughs> the Shut Lord, up. The, the Lord, Lord is on our side. <laughs> okay? That is a fun thing, the, the, the futures bet. I did it two years ago um, on the uh, Ravens. And right. the Ravens killed it until they got to the playoffs. Yeah, and then if well, you Casey won, stopping. Lamar Jackson's not yeah. going to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> he, to me, he doesn't have a lot of help. He really... Like, so running back-wise, they just got Dob, Dob, what, Dobbins. 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 J.K. Dobbins. Oh, he, he's I'll starting to get his run. In, yeah. Ingram's kind of... Ingram's gone. I think yeah. he's with another No, he team. is gone. Yeah, he's out. He's out I actually team. think... Who did he go to? The Lions? No, I want to say he might be with the Texans, actually. I think it might be the Texans. Um, I think you're right. But he was on his way out. And then receiver-wise, they didn't really have anyone great. I mean, they had Hollywood. Yeah, and I... He I, still wasn't, like... That's another reason I put that bet in, because I liked him in college. Hollywood. And he showed out his rookie year. He had a sophomore slump last year. Until the end of the season, he really didn't do anything until, yeah. like, the last three or four games. Uh, but he's so little. Uh, he's, he's, he's a little guy, so... All right, so my last question is, um, as a baseball fan, yep. I'm not, I don't watch baseball because to me it's boring. <laughs> um, but um, if I had to get in baseball um, and you're in banking and you may have some sales in you, um, sell me to become a Braves fan. <laughs> Why should I be a Braves fan? I'll give you three words. Ronald Acuna Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr. You know okay. Anything about him? Have you ever I mean, heard I've him? heard his name, but I don't know what's so great about him. Five tool athlete, five tools. He can run, he can throw, he can catch, he can uh, hit, and he hits for power. He's got speed, he steals bases, he's young. Uh, I mean, he's that every. He's got a smile on him that just when you see him, he's building, he's building a, a reputation as being that clubhouse guy. Okay. And baseball is very important to have that clubhouse guy. Okay, well, so here, here's my other question. If you're going to sell me as a Braves fan, yep. um, the Braves have also been known to uh, get rid of great players. <laughs> so are they going to get rid of this guy? Um, Chipper, you know, 19 years in the Braves uniform. Okay. Obviously, through those 19 years, we had some good people drafted, left. We picked up free agents, let them go. Obviously, baseball is turned into free agents. Great for the player, bad for the team most of the time. Uh, Bryce Harper got a ton of money to go to Philadelphia from the Nationals. First year he left, the Nationals win the World Series. Uh, so money doesn't always buy you a championship. Mm-hmm. It's that team camaraderie that when you build that clubhouse. With any team. With any team. With any, any sport. Team. Any sport. Too. Back, back to the working the area, any Even team. back to my, yeah. my, what you do in your exactly. two jobs. If it's no team, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. There's going to be always butting heads. So money's not always the answer. And in baseball, when you have the right players and you have the right money invested in them, you usually are going to be good. But if they don't get along, you can tell. Yeah. And no matter how many good athletes you have on a team, doesn't always mean you're yeah. going to be successful. Okay. There was a... That goes to the NBA. There's oh, so many man. big three teams the or whatever, but teams. there's so many, um, um, what's it called, uh, personalities that don't mesh well together that you're like, 
it don't matter if you got these three superstars. If uh, just like the Knicks, right? Exactly. Car- when Carmelo got when there, when Carmelo was he's there, like, no uh, man, you can't. He just wants the ball all the time. But how about the it. 2019 Cleveland Browns? Oh, okay. Let's, yeah. Let's go down that path. Yeah. With all those superstars that they bought in, exactly. all that money paid. They were crap, man. Exactly. Total crap that year. Now, they rebounded last year, made the playoffs. It was good. Barely. It was good for them. They barely made the playoffs. But that's another example of it. Just because you get the best players doesn't mean you're going to have the best team. Exactly. You've got to have a, a network. You've got to communicate. And if they're not talking in the clubhouse, it's going to come out on the field. You know, there's been fights in dugouts. There's been fights on the sidelines in sports. of The team on team, and that's when you know there's nobody in that clubhouse that's leading yeah. That's where Ronald Acuna Jr. is leading that clubhouse right now. Chipper did that when he was there. And, uh, I mean, do baseball is born unless okay. you really know baseball. All right. If, if, uh, <laughs> if I get my cheap ass to invest into actually buying live sports, yeah. Okay. I'll, I need to watch some Braves. Valley sports. Unfortunately, you have to have AT&T U-verse uh, to have Valley sports unless you can hack into it and you're probably smart enough on a computer to figure <laughs> yeah. out how to buy find Valley sports. I'm not a pirate. Oh, I'm sorry. Get me oh, cut that out. <laughs> but uh, I can't watch it uh, unless yeah. I have AT&T U-verse because they switched off of Fox Sports. Now they're on Valley sports. I don't even yeah. know anything about them. So, That's crazy because Fox had a, a big like deal with the they MLB did. for They did. And I... Uh, I don't know what happened. I obviously don't have internet now at my new house, so I'm I'm out of the loop on what's going on in in a lot of sports areas. I mean, I can follow it on a phone and and, and look on the websites, but without actually watching pregame and postgame stuff, you, you lose a lot of the the what's going on. There. Yeah. But only way I can tell you on baseball is to know what's going on in the game, and if you do, what looks boring is actually pretty exciting. Okay. Like when you see somebody getting, you know, held on, there's a first and third. Hey, um, I think <laughs> so, what will sell me the most is uh, we just got to go Braves game, man. Man, I just went. I went and watched the Dodgers and the Braves uh, two Sundays ago uh, okay. for my birthday. Braves won 4-2. So I got to see a cool thing, though. Um, you probably not know this. Albert Pujols, I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, I know yeah. Who this. He's with the Dodgers, the Dodgers now. Yeah, yeah the, the Angels let him go. But I got to see him in person. He hit a home run. Hell yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I've never seen him play before. And, you know, he's obviously at the end of his career. But he'll be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's had a great career. And it was pretty cool to see him in person yeah, man. Uh, play. So, yeah, I man, I'll take All you. All right, hey, I'll take it. I've got my fiance yeah. liking baseball yeah, now. We'll she, go. she understands it. We'll get you and your wife to come. And, All uh, right, man. Just to go eat Korean barbecue in Atlanta. That's the, <laughs> that's main, it. I that's promise the reason you, that's to go. That's the main reason to go. Yeah, that's the reason we can but get we'll, our wives to go. And we yeah. can drink beer. Exactly. $10 beers, by the way. Good luck. Get ready. Yeah, you know, uh, sports food. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, that wraps up episode seven of the Friends of Flavor podcast. I mean, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't think we would carry on this long, but dude, we had a great conversation. Uh, I've enjoyed. We have to do this again. I've enjoyed every second of it. Uh, Uh, I meant to tell you before I started, I will ramble. I will talk. (laughs) Hey, no, I'm down. And so what I should have told you, and you can edit all this, I guess. Yeah, whatever. You could just. You should have been like. Because <laughs> I will, man. I, I will ramble. I like to talk. Um, no, that's the reason good, I'm man. in the industry I'm in is because I like to talk, and, and this doesn't have to go on there. But I remember when I got interviewed in the banking, I had no idea. I mean, I was my account was probably overdrafted at the time when I interviewed to go <laughs> bank, to go be in banking. Yeah. And I asked the guy, I was like, "Why do you want me in banking? I don't know anything about banking." He's yeah. like, "Because of what you just said." 
You don't know anything? I can teach you bank products. They've been the same for 40 years. Checking account to checking account, a debit card to debit card, a checkbook to checkbook, credit card to credit card. Once you learn those, there's nothing else to learn. Yeah. But I can't teach you your seven years working for Verizon Wireless and how you got to talk to people, how you're talking to me your, now. Your skills. I can't your teach pe- you that. Your people, people skills. People skills. You can't yeah. teach that. You can't. you can't teach that it's either in you or you don't have it. Yeah. I mean, you can get better at it if you're not good at it. But if you don't want to talk to somebody... There's not really much you can do. Exactly. You And so he could tell, obviously, from my resume and then talking to me. And then they put you through competencies when you go interview or take a you know a, 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 a test to do you match what we're looking for. And they know through competency questions that you match what we're looking for. And it, it's resonated to me 13 years ago when I got into banking, that same answer he told me. is like, because I can't teach you to be you. Exactly. Product's a product. We'll teach you a product. I mean, same thing when the industry you just got in a year ago, right? Never owned a restaurant before, right? But you learned. Yeah. <laughs> you can learn things. So we yeah. all learn things differently. And, you know, I just, I think about that anytime I interview somebody and I get them into banking. And if they ever ask me something like that, I can tell them. I mean, like either you want to help somebody or you don't. And if you don't, you don't need to be here. But if you do that first step, if you say, I want to help somebody, everything else is easy. Exactly. You want to do it's, something. Um, that, that's something that I'm, I'm learning too is, um, which I, I told this raw too, is like uh, when you don't do something and expect something in return. So like a lot of people, like even celebrities and stuff, like when you do something just to serve, they call it serving. That's when strong. you serve something else, it's just like, you do something just to, um, like, you, what you say, um, help someone else, more or less, right? Um, and not expecting anything to turn right. Thing, then that's that's where your heart is at, and uh, I uh, I'm a big big fan of Big Sean. Not only because you know, like, he's a rapper, he yeah. makes decent music, but his mentality is like one of his quotes was like, "Once you you did you do things out of love." And not expectation, right? And it's easy. Yeah, man, that's 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 awesome to think about when you do something. If you're doing it because you want a reaction, I mean, not say the reaction, but if you want something in return for it, or you're looking for glory or praise, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Exactly. You should do it for the feeling you get inside you, and that's where social media drives me crazy. Exactly. No. If I see one more person who goes and gloats about what they've done for somebody else. You should do it for you. Yeah. You shouldn't do it for attention on here. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if that's what makes them feel better, that's awesome. But I mean, I, I never post anything I've done nah. outside of here. No, and I, and I, I do it for it. me. Yeah. I do it for me. Yeah. It's the feeling when I go home and I lay down on my pillows, I felt like I've done something good today. That's the only reward I yeah. So I, I like that. I do and that. Hey, that's a good way to end it. Yeah, and, man. Um, I've enjoyed it. Thanks I've, for your I've time. I've seen you in a different light and a <laughs> great conversation. Well, so I'll yeah. have you back, man, for sure. I'll be back anytime you invite me. I, As you clearly know, I'd like to talk. I will yeah. talk all day long yeah. with you. All right. We'll see you all later. Peace. Thank you. Peace.